Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak life.
Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. Not sure what is going on with this tonight, but this is not going to happen because this is a topic that we are going to discuss. So, with that being said, uh, thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. We are excited uh, about this. I'm not sure if Rodney just got disconnected. I did see him out there as well, so... It may just be something going on with um, blog talk and, and getting a bit frustrated with them, but we're going to keep it moving, not bringing that energy into uh, this show tonight. So welcome. We're going to move right into it. Uh, Rodney, if you are out there, I cannot see you, so you may want to reconnect as well. Um, so we'll move right along. I'm going to... Start by just giving our our housewarming things. We I don't think we went over the trash can baby last week, but I'm feeling led to do that this week. Want to remind you guys, especially for our new listeners, please, please, please do this because the further I get into my my journey of transformation and change, oh gosh, the more number one, I'm the more I see how off track I was, how deep into bondage mentally, emotionally, physically, and some more leads if we could create some. But um, I'm realizing that there's so much to learn about self and about life and getting on your, your very own journey. So in order to help promote change, what we do is we ask our listeners to move their trash can. Rodney, are you back on with us? Hey, Tammy, can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm not sure what's going on. Did you get disconnected or did you did you disconnect yourself? So I was trying to talk to you and then you kept asking me could you hear me and then the phone just went completely out. Okay. <laughs> and I kept saying Yeah, and I kept trying to talk and then I said, Let me just hang up and try to try to connect again. Yeah, I did the same. I just thought I'm not gonna waste any time. I just uh um, just disconnected and, and re-logged back in, and it didn't give me the issue re-signing back in. So I don't know what's going on with blog talk, and it may be, I don't know what it is, but I said we are going to discuss this topic tonight, so move uh, back next. So I was just sharing the trash can baby for our listeners, especially those who are tuning in first-timers or for those who have not tried it. In order to promote change, we do ask that you move your trash can, preferably one that you visit frequently. And in doing so, hopefully if you're like us and most people that have tried this, you'll realize that you are continuing continuing to go back to its old location. And allow that to be a reminder of how often we just get stuck. We get in autopilot mode in life. We accept things so freely. Um, in spite of what we what we say we know and in spite of our faith the faith that we say we have, we just get stuck in autopilot mode, regardless of how um beneficial or or not beneficial that thing or that person is. We just say, Hey, this is what I know, this is what I'm used to and 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 we just we just kinda of stay there because it's comfortable for us. Um so do this, but don't get comfortable. Don't allow yourself to get stuck in autopilot mode, particularly if the direction that you're going is not um, is not the direction that you should be going. 
So just let that simmer for a while. It, when if you do decide to move your trash can, you will get it. You will. It will be so funny to you the first time. You know, I remember the first time I I realized that I passed my trash can going to um, where I moved it from, like insane. And and the first time I realized when I was at Tondra's house, one of my friends, and I the same thing. She had moved hers like it was literally kind of right behind me as I was sitting at her table, but it previously was in her pantry room. So I and I and I had put trash in the new location, but I got up from the table. Walked past it, went to her pantry room to put my trash in. I got there, and I thought, I just laughed because I'm thinking, I know she's moved it. I passed it. And so we do that in life. Um, so do that for us, and, and always, if you can, or, you know, come back and let us know how it's working for, for you and make it applicable to your everyday life in order to promote change and be, and be supportive to yourself because we have to lighten the load a little bit for this journey because it gets difficult. Um, Rodney, how are you today? Tammy, I am doing great. Um, it's been a it's been a busy day. Uh our first day of school uh for the kids. They came in, uh for the most part, uh they were they were pretty quiet. Um, every class I went into, uh the kids were <laughs> doing some type of activity, um and not very riled up. Uh so uh that's that that was Really good to see um, them being engaged on the first day. Uh, didn't have too many issues with kids getting to school or kids getting home from school. So that's another big win. So overall, it's been a great day. Came home and baked my fish. <laughs> Ate that. I've been I've been trying to do better uh, health wise. One of these days, I'm going to get out and run a lap or something. Uh, just haven't had an opportunity uh, to exercise yet, but I'm I'm going to. Make sure that uh, make sure that happens. Um, just trying to take care of myself, but everything is good. Mary is good. The baby is doing good. She will be 33 weeks tomorrow. So, um, looking forward to some great things as we close out these last few months of 2018. Yeah, yeah, it's coming so quickly. I can remember when we were, you know, starting out 2018 and talking about, you know, New Year's resolutions and how many people are at it again. So I tell you, um, New Year's resolutions are for every day. So you're right. We are approaching the end of this year. And so that's, that's a great point. You know, people, where are you? Where are you in your resolutions? If you had them, did them, you know, where are you in just your peace, your happiness, your emotions and all of that? So, um I'm excited about tonight's topic. I do want to want to just say thank you to those who came out Saturday. It was really an amazing and powerful um, conference um, that we had. It was probably about 50 women, 45 to 50 women. And like, no, that's really uh, good. It it really was. Um, it, it was just enlightening, and it was such a blessing to see so many women come together um, and share. So it, it was, it was, uh, it, it was very interesting and 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 much needed. So special thanks to those who came out um, and supported and and hung out with us. So um, I don't have anything coming up. Um, 
right now. We are getting ready to start. I'm pushing that back, though, a little bit. We're starting, and I've changed the name. I don't even know if I shared the name with you guys of the event that we're going to be doing on Wednesday nights. It's now going to be called Pieces of Life, um, and it's going to be once a month uh, at the rec room. And right now we're shooting for Wednesday night. I'm really wanting to change that night, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. But nonetheless, it's called Pieces of Life where we will – Um, have speakers, guest speakers come in and and just talk about all walks of life. Uh, And, and of course, communication is going to to be the foundation of of everything. But, of course, once you you, um, establish a healthy form of communication, then how do you do it as it pertains to pieces of your life, things that occur, because life is going to happen. So we'll have guest speakers from A to Z coming in um, once a month, uh, two to three guest speakers, just depending on the topic that we will discuss. And uh, that's going to be hosted by Gator Consulting and Butterfly Evolution. So more to come on that as we tweak and work it out and, and, you know, figure out how to to make it a a great success, because it is something that I want to – to be long-lasting and productive and help people get through. You know, there may be some nights we just may come together and it's like, hey, we don't want to talk about pieces of life tonight. We just want to socialize. We just want to get things. We just want to to have a good time. Uh, We were at the place that we're going to have it at on Sunday for Brandon's birthday celebration late, but, but, you know, had to be that way because everything was going on. And I was so... um, Disturbed because I did not know I'm a I'm a lover of Miss Pac-Man, the game Miss Pac-Man and Galaga. Well, they didn't have Galaga, but they had like a another game very similar to Galaga. And I never in re- going there, I never realized that it was free to play the games. So I have bruises on my hand because I played so much Sunday night. Like I just I played till <laughs> I just, they were walking out saying you're gonna have to call Uber because everybody's leaving. And I'm, I, I literally got mad. I'm like, seriously, y'all, really? <laughs> so um, <laughs> we had a great time. So, you know, there may just be some nights that we just come together, have great pizza, talk, um, but just let, just let our hair down a little bit. So more information to come on that. And for those of you who are listening, if you have a topic that you want to speak on, hey, bring it. You know, Rodney, we might need to get you here. I see, I, I see color. Um, that kind of thing, but just more more information to come on that. So, Sounds good to uh, me. Yeah. So, tonight, um, Rodney, do you have anything coming up other than little little Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, we do have a couple of uh, baby shower slash parties coming up. Uh, uh, September the 8th, um, Tamaria's mom is doing um, a baby shower for her. And then September 15th, I'm not doing a baby shower. At least I'm, I'm not calling it a baby shower because, you know, it, <laughs> it's both men and, and men and women. And I know a lot of the men that I know, especially my dad, he'll tell you I don't go to baby showers. But it's more so just a, a big celebration Um you know, for Tamaria and the baby that I'm doing uh, before the baby gets here, um, should be should be a great time. Um, 
But that's about all we have going on. I I, I purposely tried not to um, I purposely tried not to uh, schedule anything um, this fall, um, just because um, you know of the baby, and I didn't want to make any plans. And you know, either you know I'm not here, um, and something happens, or Tamari and I both aren't here, and then you know we're trying to find a hospital and a doctor to deliver the baby. So um, I'm looking forward to really getting back into um, doing different things, um, probably in the spring or the summer, uh, getting things back rolling. I will work on my novel, um, you know, throughout you know the time, but especially while I'm in with the baby. No, I'm not. I'm kidding because I'll be changing diapers, but. <laughs> um but not really not really doing too much just just prepping for the baby. Okay, all right. Well, tonight's yeah. topic guys is when enabling becomes disabling. And um Rodney is Rodney, maybe we should say Tamari. Tamari was having a conversation with Rodney a couple <laughs> of weeks ago actually and Rodney um heard those words and sent me a text like, "What do you think about this topic?" And, of course, it sounded like, oh, that is that is long overdue, much needed. So, thanks, Mary. <laughs> and once again, just some general, just conversation, just having conversation brought about this topic. So that's why um, I'm sure things are going on in your life. So when something comes up, when something strikes you, when you have an aha moment, send us a message, you know, Facebook, text, say, hey, I was talking or someone was sharing something with me and this sounds like an interesting topic uh, because it lightens the load for us and then it also allows us to talk about something that you are experiencing, going through, or someone that you know is going through. So um, I'm going to read the show description when, when enabling becomes disabling. There are positive and negative aspects to enabling. However, no one should work harder on your issues or your life than you do. It is not healthy to consistently help someone who creates personal storms but cries out when it rains. A form of negative enabling is to consistently assist, help, support, or bail someone out in order that they may avoid the natural and unpleasant consequences of their actions. The enabler, a person who encourages or enables en- enables negative or self-destructive behavior in another. They call it love, but it is it, it is often it often comes from a place of guilt, fear, control, and being compassionate to a fault. You cannot make someone better than they choose to be, and so. Um, Rodney, once again, this uh, this topic, I mean, I heard it, well, I read it when you sent it to me, but I had no idea that it would affect me the way that it did today. I kind of took an hour this, this evening and just kind of um, just started reading some, some different things, and it led me to the word codependency. And so I want to add that in there tonight. Matter of fact, I'd like to just kind of read um, codependency, the enabling uh, part of it. So codependency, 
and emotional and behavioral. Rodney, is that? I'm hearing like, Rodney, do you hear that? Like wind blowing? No, I don't hear any wind blowing. Okay. Your phone cut out a couple times. Okay. Codependency, an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy, mutually satisfying relationship. It is also known as relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, or low or or abusive. I'm sorry. So it's basically saying that it's a condition that affects individuals' um, ability to have a healthy and mutually satisfying relationship, known as relationship addiction, because mm. codependents often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, or abusive. And I thought about the, because I want to focus on the enabler, not necessarily um, not necessarily the person who allows it, although we'll, we'll touch on, right, you may have more on that one, but I thought, wow, because we want the Rodney, I'm still hearing it. It's either wind or you're breathing. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Timmy, I'm not that sad. I don't. (laughs) uh, Yeah, okay. So I just got a message. Somebody else is here. It said, there is wind blowing. So I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. But but as I'm thinking about. Huh? I don't hear wind, but I mean I can hear something. It doesn't sound like wind to me, though. Oh, okay. It it, is, it really does sound like wind or heavy breathing. Um, I don't know, but <laughs> let us know, you guys, if you continue to hear it, and we'll try to figure out where it's coming from. But I was thinking, you know what? It's more important because to deal with the enabler because when a person allows um, people to. I think I think that person on the other side that the enabler is assisting I I really feel like those people are that they know what they're doing uh and what they're allowing a person to do and I think for the most part they are manipulative people or people who are not going to change who are not ready to change and so and very selfish they're going to by any means necessary Get what I need by doing the the, the minimum um, in in life, and so I think it's really important to try to get the enabler to see see themselves in a different light. Because when I read when I when I saw the codependency, I mean I thought, wow, wow, I I saw myself um, coming from this place. From, from this place of being in one-sided, emotionally destructive, abusive relationships um, for whatever reason. And I think most of what we do, including enabling or anything else that you do that is destructive to, to your purpose, to your peace, to your happiness, 
comes from a deeper place. And so as I thought about the codependency, how if you if you are a person, man, woman, whatever, um, you and you grew up um, not really embracing the depth or being able to see and understand what it means to have a healthy relationship, not a perfect relationship, but a healthy relationship, I can see where you can be easily become codependent and an enabler because you're looking for something. There's a longing for something um, embedded so deep until it becomes kind of like a bondage or a dysfunction because I, I, I also think that when there's a longing for something that you've never seen, when you get it, it seems foreign to you. You have to kind of regroup in order to accept this is what it really looks like. So I'm going to read, Rodney, just the enabler um, definition again, and I'm going to turn it over to you. But enabler, a person who encourages or enables negative or self-destructive behavior in another. And most times people think of drugs and alcohol, but we're talking about your everyday life, people, like just everyday life to where it could be you consistently helping someone financially that consistently abuses their money. Like they have more than you, they shop more than, they're, they're a shopaholic, but, but they come to you every month for assistance with their finances. You're enabling that's a destructive behavior for that person. So think of things that are are just that, um, I, I hate to say small, but, but I'll say basic, basic life things. So don't think of it more so on the, the drug because that's a whole other topic and situation, but people do enable um uh, drug addicts and so forth. So that's what we're talking about tonight, life, um, just those general things. So over to you, Rodney. Uh, real quick, Tammy, before I share my thoughts, did, uh, were you able to hear it over the last few minutes? Nope. Mm-mm. Not at all. Okay. 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 Um, so it, it may be something on my end because I had my line muted. So if you didn't hear it, then it's something on my end. Okay. I'm not I'm not sure what it is, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. Um, when it comes to enabling um, or codependency, I'm, um, I was sitting here thinking as you were you were talking. Um, I wonder what it is. I wonder what um, what causes people to become enablers or, or or uh, codependent, and feel free to stop me uh, whenever because I have a whole lot of thoughts running through my head. Um, is it insecurity? Do we do we enable people, uh, or do we do we put ourselves in situations, or do we maintain certain friendships for fear of? not having any friends at all, sort of like being in a bad marriage. You know, we, we 
you know, we we'd rather, you know, have a a spouse who is not good to us than being alone. So are we the same way when it comes to our friends, our peers, you know, are we, are we, you know, insecure to the point where we, we, we just got to have a friend, even if they really aren't a friend. Um, Number two, is it, is it fear? Are we afraid to let go? when we know that we should, are we afraid um, to admit what we really see, what we, what we really feel? Um, are we, are we afraid to acknowledge that, you know, this may not be the best situation for us? Um, or have we created this image in our own mind and we look at people based on this image and not for the person that they really are. And just to share my own personal story, I remember growing up, even as a little kid, um, and, you know, in my house, there was a lot of uh, talk shows, you know, Montel Jordan, not Montel Jordan, he's a singer, Montel Williams, uh, Ricky Lake, all of them were, you know, they were always on the TV and I remember, like, you know, constantly hearing on TV, um, in my house, and you know, in, in, wherever I was, um, I remember hearing how awful men were. I remember, you know, how hearing how bad, you know, men were as being fathers, as, as being husbands. I didn't really have a lot of, you know, good examples to go by. Um, but I remember hearing, you know, all of these these things and, you know, women being mistreated and, um, you know, men were dogs and, you know, men were, you know, always running around and having, you know, you know, helping women have these babies and then not helping the women take care of all of these things. I'm hearing this as a little boy. And so I took it upon myself and, and put that on me like, okay, somebody has got to treat these women better. Somebody, like, somebody can't be like that. And so I remember, like, even when I had little girlfriends, you know, middle school, high school, like, I would, like, bust my butt trying not to be, you know, trying to make trying to make sure that they see, you know, somebody different. And so, I mean, I would go all out my way. I wasn't getting the same thing in return, but it was like, all right, like, you know, but, you know, somebody, you know, has to do it. And I remember taking that on. And then, you know, as I got older and as I matured, I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And people were taking, females were taking advantage of that. They were taking advantage of me. Oh, man, like, he's super nice. You know, and so they would give their time and their energy to the men who, you know, to the guys who weren't really about anything, you know. And when it came to me, it was like, well, you know, they expected, you know, certain things from me because that was how I presented myself. And then I found myself always frustrated because I'm like, wait. I'm like breaking my neck for you 
and I'm not getting anything in return. And then I remember it, it all came to a head when I got married. And that was the first time that, and I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but that was the first time I like actually heard somebody and my first thought was, oh, they, they are only here to use me. And I lied to you not. Since then, I've been a completely human being. <laughs> and, but I think it was just, you know, I took on this, this mindset that, you know, ooh, like, you know, these women are, are not being treated right. You know, I have, to, I have to go out here and save the world. And that just wasn't it. And um, I'll share this too. I didn't really have um, a lot of friends growing up. Now, I used to call to my friends, and I made myself believe that we were friends, but we weren't friends. And it wasn't until I got older and understood, and I'm talking, I was even an adult thinking that I had friends and not understanding that these people were not my friends. Just because I know you, just because we share a few laughs, we might have a few drinks, we might go out and party. Uh, we might hook up and watch the football game. Doesn't make us friends. And I think we confuse a good time for a friendship. And that's not necessarily the case. And, you know, I had a car. And so while I had a car, I was made to feel special. I was made to feel like the man. Why? Because I, I was the only one with the car. But I found out who my friends were when I didn't have a car. Because when I didn't have a car, my phone stopped ringing. When I didn't have a car, no one was around. And the things that they wanted to do, they were still doing them. They just weren't inviting me. And I learned I was only being invited because that was the only way that they were going to get there, or that was the way they were going to get there that day. And so I quickly learned, you know, once I saw that, it was like changing. And so, you know, after that, I had no problem telling people no. Had no problem ignoring people's phone calls. And I've reached a point now where I'm not trying to enable anybody. You mess up, I can't promise you. <laughs> you know, and I'm a, I'm a I'm a fair person, but at the same time, like once, like I don't care what the rules are. I just want to know the rules, and we need to be playing by the same rules. If I'm going to be your friend, I expect you to be my friend in return. If you can't be my friend in return, then we don't need to be friends. And it doesn't mean that I don't love you. It just means that I'm not going to be your fool or your flunky either. Back over to you, Tammy. You know, Ronnie, I, I think that people, um, people go to great lengths to avoid conflict with people. I I believe and I'll say conflict in most cases is with the people outside 
of your immediate circle because for the most part, I think we have a tendency, and I think that's maybe just kind of um, the way it is that people have a tendency to um, give those that they say they love the most the worst part of them in a sense. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, we tend to avoid conflict. So so when we are enabling people, many times it's because, like, we don't want to say what needs to be said or we'll say what needs to be said but to the wrong person. You'll hear people say, well, that's just the way um, he or she is. They, they're all, they've always been like that. That's how they're going to be. And in most cases, they're like that because we are uh, we allow it. Many people are one good conversation. However, you guys decide to deliver that conversation, but some some people need it a bit more harsh than others. But many people are one conversation away from change. It's just that we enable their behavior, their actions, the way they t- treat us, the way that they. Um, their, their whole demeanor, or it's like they control our lives. Like we let them have their way in our life. That's the kind of enabling that we're talking about tonight. Heidi, can you allow people to? And I, and I mean, this is from the workplace to home, because your best characteristics and your attributes really you should be the same regardless. But your best. The best of your characteristics and your attributes should be at home and in the lives of the people who you love and respect and in in the relationship. So I think that a lot of people do it to avoid conflict. Like I'll ask for our listeners, how many times or when is the last time you said yes to something or somebody, and it frustrated you to no end because you you know you should have said no. I can't do that. I will not do that. Or you you and and you maybe did something, helped somebody with something, and went back and discussed it or talked about it with someone else rather than saying, "Hey, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to do this for you, but you need to get it, or don't come to me." But we will we will do it, and then we'll go talk about it to someone else. Or if, if we talk about it at all, sometimes it just eats us alive. But people, especially people today, they will not stop coming at you until you change it. You have to say no. And then you have to say no a couple of times over and over for people to really get that I'm not your enabler anymore. I'm not going to be the reason that your light dims because when we are enabling someone, really what we're doing is we're dimming their light. We're not allowing them to experience the consequences of their choices, their decisions, their lifestyle, whatever it is. And I'm not saying that we're not saying that you don't help people because you can't live in this world and we never want to get that mentality, that mindset of, I'm not helping anyone. We talked a little bit about that last week. But you have to have enough discernment or discernment to know when, where, who, how. And if you don't, mm-hmm. then it's okay to say, hey, pray about it. 
and and I'll tell people if you if you don't know if you're struggling, should I do this or should or should I not do this? Because the person on the other end, in most cases, they have you so wrapped up, they will they will wait till the very last minute to ask you to do something so that you feel pressured in doing so. And so when that comes around, I'm sorry that this is an emergency for you, but I need 24 hours, I need at least 12 hours, whatever, to think this through, to, to make sure that I know what I'm doing. I don't make any just decisions. That's a great, that, that's a great comeback to someone that you feel is on, maybe it's borderline using you, manipulating situations. Um, I, I had to make a very difficult decision, a couple of them this year, but really one that I was proud of myself because I didn't get caught up in my feelings. I did what was best for me, and I shared with the person why I cannot do this. And I personally felt like, well, there's no felt like. The person did wait till the very last minute to ask me, and I feel like it was it was done so that um, I would say, you know, okay. But saying okay would have would have gone. It would have just everything about me changing, transforming, and and doing what's best for my peace and my life. It would have gone against that. And we often get, we often feel guilty because I struggled. Like, did I do the right thing? But anything, I'm to this point, anything and anybody that disturbs my peace, and sometimes on some days it's me. Like I have to I have to put Tammy in check for where I'm going, for where I, I, I don't know any better way to say this is I'm looking for my soul. I'm looking for, because there, there is where I feel like there's the discernment, the wisdom, the strength, the faith, the peace, all of those things, I think it's. I think I'm in battle with my soul, and meaning me, everything that I came up with, everything that's that's in my spirit. Because as as we grow, going back to the codependency, if you've not seen healthy relationships, if you've not had an opportunity um, to in one to to see it at work, not perfect relationship, then there, issues issues lie there, and you can you can um, get caught up in just being an enabler by looking for like what you were saying, Rodney. You want a relationship so bad, you want that complete um, mutual, um, satisfying emotionally financial relationship. And you and you you keep searching, so you keep allowing things and accepting things, thinking it will come. Well, you can't even love anybody into changing, and that sounds crazy because I I do believe love conquers all. However, that person or people have to love themselves first, or you're beating a dead horse, saying get up, but at the same time you're beating it down, and so it has. Balance and Rodney. Before I was, I'll turn it back over to you. I was, I saw this kid out playing um, basketball in this very rural area, and it, I mean, the rural to the point where you'll see a house, and then you'll drive miles, and you'll see another house. 
And so you can you can just kind of um, get the idea that oh, this kid probably does. I started thinking about okay for this age, and Lucky may have been nine years old. I wondered, does he do this? Does he play basketball outside by himself often because of his 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 demographics, the area that he lives in, you know, the setup of his of of the area, and just kids not being um, close enough to mingle with and play with. And then it went further. I wondered, and and I and if it is, I wonder if his mom, whomever, dad, uh, frequently or enough bring people over his age so that he can mingle with. You know, and this is, you know, maybe if he doesn't have sisters and brothers. But where I'm going with this, it took me to this to the word balance because I started thinking, okay, if he if he is this child that is a loner and never has really anybody to do those things with him like play basketball, that's that's his age and, you know, mingle with. If he does, then will he be this kid that well, this kid that grows up to be an adult who wants to be in New York City because he didn't have balance in his life. He didn't have a balance of um, connecting with people, his peers, you know, being able to go outside and play. And then you look to the other one who has, you know, who grows up in a home or a neighborhood where there's always people and there's no real balance. And if we can apply that to life, and I'm the, the reason I'm going there because – even in, but let's go back to relationships. For people, sometimes we meet people. I'll, I'll say I. I'll see people, and seemingly they have it. They have all that they needed, in my opinion, to have a balanced, healthy life. You know, they come from. We have this, these standards: two-parent home. You know, the 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 picket fence. Parents work. You know, mother may stay at home. Ideally, based on the world, it's. It's a perfect family. However, if if we keep it honest, you the longer you're there and you know these people who you think have have no reason to not have it all together, you know, to have their life, their emotions, their feelings together. You we meet people that come from those seemingly perfect situations, and the longer you are around them, both of you start to share and you get to know each other, and you realize. There, that there's no perfect life, no perfect people, regardless of where you come from, and and what your life was at home. It really does. It really becomes how you perceive your life and what you have, and if there, I believe, if there was balance in it. Too much of any one thing, I think, creates friction with us. So, in order to know, it goes back to that. In order to know good you have to know some form of evil and vice versa. But we don't get the balance in life enough, especially to have healthy relationships, to not be that enabler. We see all, we see a majority of one thing and maybe never enough of the other thing, if we see it at all. And so we begin looking for something to fill a void that we don't we don't know where it came from, or even when it was planted in our spirit. And so, as it relates to enablers, I really think that word codependency, 
and I'll read that again after you come, after you give it back over to me. I really think that word has a lot to do with being an enabler and looking looking for a healthy relationship, not really knowing what that really means or what it really looks like. Back over to you, Rodney. Jamie, we've had kids at school um, to do things, um, you know, to do inappropriate things. Or even if, you know, even if what they say or what they do isn't that bad, we've actually had kids to immediately ask, are you going to hit me? And the reason being is because that's what they're used to. Not even, you know, understanding that, um, you know, we will lose our jobs or, you know, we will, uh, you know, we could be arrested for putting our hands on them. Like, they don't even make the connection, but it's what they're used to. They don't even know that, you know, we can't discipline the same way their mom and dad can. Uh, so when you talk about, you know, people getting so being so used to seeing um one form of of a relationship or or interaction you know though those kids come to mind for, uh, for me and i think that you know when it when when it comes to these to these friendships or these relationships um we we also have to remember um, I know a lot of times we we look at adults and we say, well, they're adults; they should know better. But if somebody has been practicing something incorrectly for 20 years, we can't expect them to to figure it out in year 21, or accept the change when somebody's trying to tell them, hey, you might want to think about doing it this way. And the more we enable the wrong people, the less we're taking away from the right people. Because I really believe that sometimes we're holding up our own blessings because we keep the wrong people in our lives so long or too much to where there's no room for the right people or for the good people. When you think about, and, and you know, and I was sharing this with Tamaria yesterday, um, I really believe that there's a change coming in her life and there are going to be new people. There are going to be new experiences, new friendships, new relationships. And that's okay. We have to understand that very few people come into our lives to stay until we die. Very few people. Not everyone is meant to be there forever. Not everyone is going to be, not everyone who's there in high school is going to be there the day you get married. It, life is just not set up that way. Especially as we continue to grow. Especially as we continue to change. I remember my best friend in 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 elementary school up until the third grade. I mean, we used to, you know, I used to, I used to uh, spend a night at his house. I mean, like that was my that was my dog. But then in third grade, 
he ended up repeating third grade. And I moved and I went on. And our friendship was never the same. We didn't have any issues with each other, but our friendship was just never the same. And so we have to learn to accept things and accept people for who they are and accept situations for what they are. And, you know, when, when we, when we enable people, we're telling them that it is okay. As much as we don't want to admit it, we are telling people, Hey, it's okay for you to do me like this. Those people that, you know, that I was hanging around that, you know, were only around as, you know, when I had my car, Hey, when they showed me that the first time and I allowed them to do it again, that just told them, Hey, this guy is okay with it. And I'm going to go back to something else that you said to me about controversy and how, and how we just, we hate it. We, 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 we run from it. We talk the most trash to the people who don't need to hear it. We have a lot of mouth. We have different, we, we, we use <laughs> different vocabulary words when we are not talking to the person who needs to hear what we have to say. And if you're somebody who like, who's like I used to be, I'm going to tell you, all you have to do is face that giant one time. Once you face that giant, you'll never be the same. If you're used to, you know, going along to get along, don't go along one time. And I guarantee you, you'll, you, you'll be like, you know what? This is a whole lot better. I remember Tammy, um, when I got married the first time, I saw a lot of people's true colors. And I didn't say anything to them. I just dealt with them differently. Because if if my decision that does not impact you at all will cause you to treat me differently. You are not who I thought you were. And we have to be careful and be watchful of people who will turn their backs on us just because we don't do what they want us to do. It's okay to disagree with people. It's okay. It's okay to share with somebody that you have a different opinion. There's nothing wrong with that. And if people can't handle you having a different opinion or you doing something that they didn't want you to do, you may want to reevaluate that friendship. Stop enabling people. Stop empowering people. Because God looks at our heart. And if you are giving 
the wrong heart. If you are not giving with a clean heart, it means absolutely nothing. If you're giving and in your heart you are sad, there's no reward in that. If you're like Tammy said and and, and you do something and then you walk away saying, I didn't really want to do that, or you say yes and you're like, I should have said no, yeah, on the outside, people are saying, ooh, that was so nice of you. And then God is saying, yeah, but your heart wasn't right when you did it. And I think we get it confused when we talk about, you know, the heart and people's intentions and, you know, good deeds. There are people who are doing wonderful things on the surface, but the heart isn't right. It's even in the Bible where Jesus was talking to, you know, to the people. And and, and he said, in that day, many people are going to say, Lord, Lord, did I not perform many wonderful works in your name? There are people doing great things, but where's their heart? And it doesn't have to be you being wicked. You don't have to be jealous. You don't have to be uh, hateful. If you don't have a clean heart when you're doing things for people, and I'm not talking about you being tired, because being tired is, you know, that comes from working (laughs) or taking care of kids or whatever. That That's just a natural thing to be tired. But I'm talking about when you, when you are like, uh, this person always needs something. They always need a ride. They don't never do anything for me. Don't do things if your heart is not in it. Tammy? Um, I want to... I'm going to read the codependency just to, just one more time, and then I want to give some tips of um, an enabler, not, you know, just rock-sign things. I mean, not, not definite things because it could be different in everyone. But as I was reading over some things today, the codependency stuck out to me because when you're enabling someone, really I think it's about the relationship that you either want or you're trying to form um and sometimes it's not always for the other person either. I think in many cases it may be about you, the enabler, looking for some value for yourself. So codependency, an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy, mutually satisfying relationship. It is also known known as relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, and or abusive. So you think about that, and that to me, you all, is applicable to all of your relationships. We have to start dealing with the issues, 
not the surface, not just your feelings. This is, to me, the one of the best way to explain your feel. You know, dealing with your feelings versus your emotions, because I think so many, so time, so many times we get caught up in our feelings, how we feel about someone, how we think we feel about someone or not, um, or something, and we avoid the emotion that it's tied to because there's something deeper. And I, my opinion, I feel like your those emotions are deeper than just your, your feelings because we're human. You, we all have some feelings about something, but in order to have that feeling, something's already there. To have a feeling about someone or something, something has been planted in you. So as it relates to all of your relationships, what do you know or how do you have, what does a healthy, mutually satisfying relationship look like to you? And this is not about a man and a woman, just about a man and a woman or a, a, a love relationship. This is all of your work relationships, your relationships with your siblings, your cousins, your friends, all of that. How do they look to you? If you had to score them, what would you score them and why? And label them down. So, um, quick, Rodney, um, I was out, well, I want a couple of things I wrote down while you were talking. I don't know, really know where to start because it was so many. But I was out walking with, with Brandon last week, and I was sharing with him how I thought about the word grown um, and, and how I was saying, wow, boy, does grown not have an age tied to it. We think because someone turns 21 or, or they, like you were saying, why they're they're grown, they're th- or 30 or whatever, then they, they 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 have what it takes to function in life that they figured it out, and that's not that's not true, but grown is spelled G-R-O-W-N, and I thought about how grow what I what I got from it. I said grow is in grown G-R-O-W. Brandon comes back quickly and says, and the last three letters says own, O-W-N. And I mm. thought how we have to, and we talked about this Saturday at the conference, that you have to own your growth. Just because you're 21, you're 25, you're 30, you're 50, you're a mother, you're a father, you're married, that doesn't make you the, the grown in, in, the, in the way that we think of it as, um, he- healthy in your um, emotions, your feelings, you know, some balance in your life, being able to make sound decisions for you and your life and, and your the, the people in your life. So as an enabler, some of the tendencies are, we've already said that sometimes you're doing it so that you avoid conflict. You're trying to keep the peace. But does it keep your peace? When you avoid conflict, you're not making way for a resolution. You're not making way for an understanding to take place. Because the conflict doesn't always mean that you have to, um, there has to be some division. Conflict to me is about the standing, having a discussion, a disagreement, however you have it, and we should have it in a in a in an adult. Um, way, but it's life. We don't always. And even when you don't, are you able to go back and say, hey, I didn't handle that. 
properly. I didn't say it the right way. So sometimes we enable enable people because we're avoiding the conflict in order to keep peace. But I ask you to ask yourself, does it keep your peace? Or do you, do you find yourself becoming bitter, angry at the person, angry, angry in silence? Because we tell people how we feel, I think, all the time. We just do it indirectly or directly. And even when we're doing it indirectly, if a person, I, I, I'm going to say I think people always know that you're telling them indirectly. Some people just don't care, and they're going to use you up until you're dry or till you say no more. So typically another thing about a tendency of an able, they typically are in denial, not just about who they are or, or what they're doing, but also about the person that they're enabling. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of this in parenting, um, because I think, and in marriages, I think in parenting um, a lot of parents, I know I went through this for very long time. I felt I felt I was a guilty parent. I parent parented from a guilty like what I didn't like I talked about earlier that 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 perfect home, you know, da 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 because the world has sold us this dream, this lie, basically. Not a dream, this lie sold us a lie. You think and, and I know a lot of parents, whether they will admit it or not, you think that you failed your child from the beginning. And you're so far from the truth, so far, because as long as you are loving that child, making sure, and I mean, I mean some 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 love and some tough love, and not trying to domesticate them, not enabling them from the from the cradle up, you know, I I noticed uh, my goddaughter Brooklyn when she was here, maybe not the last time it started, but a couple of times prior. I I was always trying to force her to eat, um, force her to do this. I wasn't letting, allowing her to make decisions on those things that I know she's capable of doing. And so what we do when we do that, we're snatching the ability to think, and even as a child for them to see, I you know what, I have a choice, and I can make a decision. And sometimes I might make the right decision, and sometimes I might make the wrong one, and there's consequences. So I didn't force her to eat. I said, now I wanted her because I thought, well, you're going way too long. And so I said, well, Brooklyn, when you're ready to eat, let me know. And she did. And she ate her food, and we we were done. But me, I wanted her to eat because I'm thinking she's hungry by now. Well, we all have different appetites. We all have times when we, we, we are ready to eat. And I'm not saying that she'll always get to make that choice. But she certainly should not be punished for not being ready to eat. If she's not hungry, she's not hungry. And so mm-hmm. just little things like that that you can start even with helping children grow up with a different mindset than we have today. Typically, enablers bottle their emotions up. They don't deal with issues. They don't, not even their own. And so another one, um, they feel justified in doing whatever it takes to protect their loved ones from pain. And that one was interesting to me because so often we try to do that. We try to save people from pain, from hurting, 
but that's not, and I know it, it I, I so get this one because I was so there. That's not healthy for anyone. People have to know what pain feels like. They have to experience adversity. They have to deal with the consequences of their choices, period. That is how we grow. We should uh, welcome conflict. We should welcome adversity. We should be there when people are in pain based from their consequences. I'm not saying that we should be there, but not snatch the consequences away from them. Not allow them to see where they went wrong or they could have did a little better or they th- that thing, to see where they are. Um, enablers typically treat their adult loved ones like children. I've seen that. I've seen that, uh, and I see that a lot today. Like, I had to learn um, myself to back off and allow Brandon to be the young man that he is. You know, I don't have to remind him, did you do this? Are you going to do this? No. And then I think that hurts the other person because it makes them feel like you don't think I am capable of making this decision, making the right decision, um, and this and that and the other. So it goes back to that word balance. We And I think that is something that we're missing, balance, because I, I don't know people who had too much of a good life, too much, so they can't really function when they get in the world and the, and, and the world doesn't float to their boat all the time, every day. It just doesn't happen that way. Um, And the last one, um, they typically think that they are helping by repeatedly uh, rescuing their loved ones. And, again, that's just keeping them from the consequences and and, uh, not letting them deal with life as it it comes. Uh, The last thing before I turn it back over to you, Rodney, you were talking about people, how we keep the wrong people in our life for whatever reason. I think I'm in agreement with you. I think that is one of the biggest downfalls for us as people is we think that everybody deserves a space in our life, and I'm and I'm not um, I'm not putting titles or association in those at all. I'm sorry. There's some people that you will have to. Um, make choices about. And sometimes I, I remember when I decided to go to counseling and one of the questions um, that came about was, well, why did you make this choice based on the circumstances, the past, the situation? Why would, Why did you make this decision? And it was it, it came down to who the person was in my life. And so we have to understand that not everybody um and, and what was what I wanted to get out of it, she said, You have to pick and choose. You don't have to you do not necessarily have to let people go, but say that I'm gonna do X I'm gonna do this for this amount of time and that's all I can handle. 
So you have to be in control of you, of your life. Make a choice of where you are going. Do you want to stay in drama or do you want to be free and in peace? So that when things do happen, because life, again, is going to happen. Life is going to happen. So remove the extras out of your life. Be discerning, responsible, and love yourself enough to say, absolutely not. This is not my fire. This is not the fire that I'm supposed to put out. Because sometimes when we are enabling people, we are we are stepping in God's way for that person. Because some of the greatest changes, I think, have come from some of the worst consequences, seemingly the worst consequences. If a person wants to change and, it's, and they're open to change, let them get in a pickle. Let something dramatic, drastic, let an, a life-altering situation happen that changes everything. If they are open to any form of change or to seeing themselves, to being transparent and authenticity, they will change. And so when you're always there to rescue a person and you're enabling their negative tendencies, their negative parts of their life, you're you're dimming their light. And I do believe that you're in God's way as it relates to their purpose and their passion and their breakthrough. And all of that, I think, comes from a place of you, knowing who you are and being grounded in that so that you are able to say no. Matter of fact, it gets to a point where a person does not call you about it anymore. Or if they do, if they call you with that kind of stuff, then they're very selective. You're not the doormat anymore. And I've realized that from my own life. People don't call me like they used to. Now, I still have some that's still testing the waters, and they think, we're going to see, you know, let's just see. And that doesn't mean I say no every time. I do step out of my comfort zone, and sometimes people just need help. There's a difference. But now if I see you, and I want you to be the same with me, if I see you or if you see me making the same bad choices, because there's some things in my life that somebody should have been slapped me and said, what is wrong with you? Somebody that that say they love me, somebody should have been asked me, and I'm talking about in a way where it hurt and that I had to do something. Somebody should have asked me long ago. And the same with me. I have realized, Rodney, and then back over to you, that people don't want to hear it, though. People, most, most, in most cases, people are at a point in their life, you want to give advice or you see things, and if you go to them, you're going to be the this, that, and the other. They don't want to hear it. Most people don't want to hear it until it's already it, 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 it's, on, it's on the third wheel. And so for those people who are close to me and that I, that I, that I, um, I've gotten to a point where I don't share everything now anyway. Like there's some things I'm just going to give to God. I'm just, that's who I need to talk to uh, because we can talk too much. 
But for those who people who I want people to 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 tell me, hey, some, you know, wave the flag at me. I might not want to hear it right then, but I want you to tell me. And I want friends in my life that want to hear the same. So back over to you, Rodney. Tammy, I, th- I think in, I think enabling leads to entitlement, mm. and I think one of the one of the the greatest examples of that is um, our young people today, our children. Okay. They have been enabled so much to the point where they feel like they are owed something. And they are so used to being given everything that they don't believe that they should work for anything. And, and the only thing that's going to happen is that these children are going to grow up and change the way that we do things. But it's not going to be a good thing, because when you when, when you when you get to a point where you expect everything to be given to you, you've already lost, and that's where our society is and where it is heading. I mean, they they have been enabled so much that college professors are complaining that high school graduates are showing up on college campuses unprepared. And many of them are dropping out because, see, once you get to college, mom and dad can't can't intervene. And now these kids are dropping out. So we have to stop enabling people because it makes them think that they are old things that don't really belong to them or they are old things that, they should have to work for it like everyone else did. And, you know, one of the things that, that, that plucks my nerves is to hear people talk about how spoiled kids are. Well, how did they get that way? It's not funny. It's not okay. We need to start teaching kids responsibility again. We need to start teaching them manners. We need to give them values. Otherwise, they're going to be a lost generation. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, you know, say too much, but I mean, I, the things that I have seen. With, with with children are just mind-boggling. And I remember, um, Tammy, do they call it gifted and talented in Memphis? Gifted and talented, yes, I believe so. In the schools? Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. I, unless they've changed it since the last that I've heard, but, yes, I, I believe so. So that since I've been teaching, that's been one of the, you know, one of the bigger issues because parents want their kids to have this title because, you know, they, they, they believe that, you know, if their kids have this title, 
then they are more important than the other kids. And if their kids don't have this title, then they want to know why, because they believe that their child is gifted. And so they want to know why, you know, the school doesn't see it that way or the school district doesn't see it that way. And it sets the kids up for failure. Mm-hmm. Because the moment they are not in those classes, the kid starts to feel because they are watching and they're listening to mom and dad, and they start to feel inadequate. They start to feel like they don't belong. They start to feel like they're not good enough. And then, you know, especially if mom and dad, you know, are, you know, good friends with the people down the street and their kids are in these classes. And then they'll say, well, you know, I don't have any friends if I'm not with the, if I'm not with these kids down the street, but it can't be that way. We can't enable people. I don't want to be so caught up in telling my daughter things that I forget to teach her. I don't want to be a parent that just tells her, do this, and then say, because I said so. Now, do I want her to do things because I say so? Absolutely. But I want her to understand why she's doing what she's doing. I want her to understand why I don't allow her or why her mother doesn't allow her to do certain things. I don't want her to be ignorant. But I want to educate her so that she can make decisions on her own. I don't want to enable her. I want to empower her. I want her to figure things out. Yes, we have every intention on leading her and guiding her and parenting her, raising her. But we also need to teach her. And I think that goes back to your point from earlier, Tammy. We don't teach people how to function in the world. We'd rather just tell people the way that we do things But the problem with that is if the way that I cope in the world or the way that I cope with the world or interact with other people or handle situations, if that doesn't fit your makeup, you're going to have a hard time. We have, instead of enabling, we have to equip people. We have to give people the tools that they're that they're going to need in order to survive in this world, because the world isn't always flexible. The world isn't always fair. The world is not always loving and kind. But the question is, how will you respond? But we have to give people things that they're going to find useful one day. Teach them. We have to train them 
in the way that they should go. We can't be afraid to let our light shine. Because somebody else's light is only going to come on if mine is on. So instead of giving people the authority to to run our lives, why don't we give them the authority to see themselves or to see where they can grow in their own life? Because sometimes I remember I remember um, uh, my last pastor. He was saying that when when we don't forgive or we don't let go, then we're losing twice. You lost the first time when the person did you wrong. You're losing the second time because you're allowing it to impact your life in a negative way. He said, usually when people do you wrong, He said a lot of times they don't know and or they don't care. And while you're up at night frustrated, mad, angry about what was said to you or what was done to you, that person, wherever they may be, is sleeping peacefully. God gave man dominion over everything except another man or woman. He never gave us power over 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 other human beings. So if God didn't give me power over you or you power over me, why should I be afraid to talk to you? Why should I be afraid to disagree with you? And by me standing up for myself or me standing up to you or me telling you how I feel, it might just help you grow as an individual as well. So to those of you listening, and Tammy, I see we have a uh, call. I'll let you pull the caller in. For those of you listening, Please understand that you are in control. You have power. You were not born inferior. You were not born inadequate. What are you going to do with the power that you have, though? What are you going to do with it? Tammy, back over to you. All right. I'm going to pull our caller in, and we also have some comments in the chat room. We'll get to those uh, after our caller. Caller, we don't have a number to pull you in, but um, we're going to pull our caller in. So if you push the number one, you're on air with us. Yes, uh, my dear. How are you? We're great. How Good. are you? How are you? Oh, thank you. You're excellent show. What you are saying is absolutely the truth, but the question is, 
you know, if I see you in the street, of course I may. Ha- you we both have reservations. We cannot talk to each others. You know, because they created an city between all races, all colors, all grades, uh, all nations, uh, etc. So if I see you suppose in New York Times Square, you know, I may find something in you know, psychic visionary and you are same thing. Maybe I won't talk to you but still something prevent us because of the division they create within us. And yes, you're right, absolutely. You should not be afraid to talk to other people, but the question is, okay, you don't afraid I don't afraid to talk to you or to, uh, vice versa, but other person ha- is not trained that way. That's the biggest problem because it's everything you s- watch the news is about division, disunity, and you know uh, all these mass shootings is happening in uh, United States, etc. And so therefore. Is we need to retrain everybody. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's very difficult task you have. I understand it. I have no problem with it. You, you we don't have problem, but other people have problem with you or mm. with me. Same That's thing. interesting. I, I I think you bring up a a, a really good point, and um, um, I don't know how much of the show you you were able to catch, um, but. You know, we we're more so talking about people who who are more like you and people who you deal with on a regular basis, um, not so much strangers. But I but but I do think you make an interesting point, and in that, um, when when you when, when you start to talk about strangers and how you interact with people in you know in the world, you you do have to consider a lot of different factors, um, just because everyone isn't brought up the same and. You know, you do have to factor in religious beliefs. Um, you know, I remember when I when I was in New York City and I was teaching school up there. I was I was sharing this with a few people the other day that you know there's this this, this big thing about you know kneeling during the national anthem. And, and I was sharing with people when I taught in when I taught school in New York City, um, we didn't even say the pledge. You know, that's very different than in Virginia where I am now where it's, you know, it's it, it, it's almost, you know, like it, it's just second nature. Like, you know, it's just everyone knows, like, in the morning you do the Pledge of Allegiance. So I think things are different, um, but I do think you, you, you make an interesting point, and that is, um, you know, we, we never know what, what people's uh, what people's backgrounds are. So uh, yes, when when you're dealing with strangers, absolutely. When you when you're at work, when you're you know at school, um, on the job, you do have to uh, factor those things in. Um, so great point uh, to our caller. Hey, hey, Ronnie, I'm I unfortunate. Go ahead. Yeah, Tammy. it Go really ahead. is. It's Tammy, and I want to jump in here. I was actually thinking about. I was I was going to give this over to you, Rodney, but I was thinking about this today, and I'm glad our caller called in with it. It's a little bit. Um, it's a little bit off of what we're talking about. However, I think it does play a a great role in 
the people that we deal with day to day as well because of these expectations and what the world, we've allowed the world to create the, the, the divisions within us. And I, I was thinking today how we have, we, have, we have words, and words need a definition. Like we need to define some words in order to um, establish the, the appropriate action for that word. But when it comes to human beings, we have a definition. I've gotten to the point where I hear it all the time, but it makes me really uncomfortable, and I've shared this on the show, why do I have to be, why do you see me as a good black mother? Can I just be a good mother? Why does it have to be I'm a good black exactly. mother? Exactly. And exactly. when it comes to, we have, these, we have these expectations or these things put on us because we allow the world to have us define people. Well, if you take me, I'm a, I'm a woman, but if you take me and you take me back in my childhood and you and you allow me to be ra- I'm raised by my father and uh, I don't know 10 brothers I my my I am going to be I would be different like I would be kind of tomboyish so it doesn't become about um oh. my color oh. it's my oh. upbringing and if you take a oh, a, a white male and you put him in a, a a community of black men, because again, I'm I'm defining because that's what we do. Then he it's not that his upbringing is different. So he has it's what he know he knows now. So it's not that he's any different. It's his culture. It's the way that he was brought up. Same with animals. If you if you raise an animal in a certain environment in a way, they're going to have some tendencies. But we have defined, and when you define human beings, it allows for division. It allows you to divide them based on what your expectations of a black man is or a white man or a Mexican or a Chinese. Well, last I heard, when, we, when, when, I, when this heart stopped beating, we all die. When I, if I cut you, we all bleed and we all bleed the same. So I asked the good Christian folks, the religious folks, where did the division come in? And I know we got off topic, but again, you can make this applicable to even the people that you deal with in the workplace, in your home, because we set, we allow those definitions to interrupt relationship and allowing people to be who God created them to be, not based on the color of their skin but their spirit, their soul, their purpose. It it all plays a part in all of it. So thank you, Carla, for bringing that up. Great point. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just have a major earthquake in California. Major earthquake in California. This is the biggest news right now. I was checking the earthquake map, and we have in California, they felt it around Los Angeles to San Diego to lots of places. So uh, we are still monitoring the earthquake activity right now. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you guys are okay. Thank you for calling no, in. I'm not in California. I, 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 I am in Singapore. Oh, but, okay. But, but okay. I, I was just monitoring always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will tell you exactly where it was. It just it came back right now. They put it on the map. And it was, my gosh, it was... Uh, Laverne, Laverne, it was uh, it was in Killermont area. 
it was uh, let me see it was 4.4 so so oh, wow. we see major earthquakes around the globe with 8.2 in Fiji we saw it uh, 7.1 in Lima, we saw 6.6 in Iran, we saw it 6.8 in Indonesia, and it still is rolling. This is uh, the big one is under the way for the West Coast. If you are over there, I mean that's why I shot the air because I uh, I was somebody I am me from California at the same time. They said they got earthquake, and and then I <laughs> I was just said it to you guys. So anyway, so anyway, yeah. Uh, so uh, let us uh, go ahead and but 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 this is what happens when disunity happens. When disunity is danger, the nature goes against us. The the hurricanes goes against us. The uh, chemtrail goes against us. The earthquakes and fires and floods all come together at the same time. Mm-hmm. If we don't change our act, if we don't purify our consciousness, we are going to witness more of this in the West Coast, from Vancouver to San Diego. Not only there. The ring of fire is crazy right now. And until September 19, we will have more 6 to 8-range earthquake. So this was only closer to 5. So this is very well maybe a prelude to bigger shock uh, coming for the people of California, you guys, or wherever you are in West Coast. So you need to prepare. You need to have water. You need to have, I mean, it's, 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 uh, my friends say it was a hell. It, they thought that it was a super quick. Okay. <laughs> they shook everywhere. So, yeah. So this is it. I mean, we have to clean our act as soon as possible, or we are going to be, uh, yeah. either, uh, either was we all hang t- together, or we all hang to be separately. The, the choice is now before the p- peoples of the world. Wow. Well, great point, caller. You're taking it all back to the word of God, relationship, connectedness, and treating each other, because God didn't see different. So... Thank you again, and we hope that this is not your last time listening. Um, and if you no, no, you no, call back- I, I love Singapore. I, I will listen, it, but but my friend right now is talking, so I have to go talk to him to okay. get more information about what what's going on over there. But but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you again, and take care. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you, my friend. Bye bye. Bye bye. He makes a great point, you guys. I mean. Um, some of the things that, that I see today and just the people, I don't think a day goes by where I think what is happening to us, like the human race, not my black race, not white race, what is happening that we've become so selfish that, that like, I am so overseeing grown people, and I know it's a small thing. It seems like it's small but, y'all, we need to get off the phone. Like, I, I know that sometimes you may have to make a quick call, answer, but we have people engaged in conversation. There was a, I was driving, and I was sharing this story today, a lady, I mean, she was so into her conversation, I think she thought that she was on her couch driving because she was laughing so hard. She was weaving to the left, to the right, people, and this is on the interstate, and you get up there and they're on the phone. Like, that's how selfish we are with life. That's how we don't think about 
this is somebody's mom, somebody's child. And what I said today, imagine the 16-year-old who I expect to be a little, not that I want them to or we want them to, like, but if somebody is going to make this kind of uh, judgment, then let it be a person who we're still teaching. But I don't, I see more grown people just making selfish, selfish decisions from the from being on the phone from to the top. And as, to go back to our young people, for those of you, Rodney and Mary, I'm so glad that you guys, your light is on because, like, we, you're right. When we're we're making kids, we're 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 really failing kids today, because we we make them think that they are little kings and little queen queens. Not that they have a king, the God, and not that they have they're here to bring glory to God. We help them. We show them how to create a life, not but not give them what it takes to live a life. Because when you make them think that their stuff does not stink at home and whatever they want, they get when they want it, how they want it. Like you have adults making life decisions based on these kids. Kids. I see one-year-olds that have parties that cost more than my mortgages a month. And they don't know what a party is. They don't know the definition of a party. When you can take that money and sit it aside and get, sit down with that child on their birthday and read them a book or bring some little people over and let them learn how to interact and to share. Our, our, the mindset of people today who we see as grown um, or having it together is absurd to me. It's absurd. And we put... And I, we put so much on, even on with Rodney, you saying the top, the gifted and that, I, I really forgot about all that stuff because I haven't been in the school system in so long. But you're so right. Parents push these kids, and it's not for the kids. It's for their own satisfaction, how I am going to look. We treat these kids like they are property, like we own them, and we try to live our lives through them. And we want what they do to somehow give us these wings. But Rodney, you said it best over and over again. Parents will show up and take a, take take um, take on the praise for kids when they when they're doing well. But let the kid make a mistake. Let them make a bad decision. They don't take responsibility for that. They don't see they don't play they don't see any part that they've contributed, and it could be a very small amount. But they will. But let the child do something good. So we are we are sending mixed. We're not we're not pre- preparing these children how to live. There's a quote that says, you know, create a life that you don't need a vacation from. That I mean, it's okay if you take have one, but you don't need to run from your life. Because I feel the best vacation is at home, in your bed, in your house. Is at home. Going back to relationships, you know, we people will spend. I don't know if I if we got to this last week, Rodney, but people will spend, 
you know, thousands of dollars to go on vacation, husbands, wives, families, and they get there and they don't know how to interact with each other. So you spend three, four thousand dollars to take a vacation and you and your wife never even hold hands because you really can't stand each other because you've not learned how to connect and have a healthy relationship. But it's okay if you come back and tell my tell your friends, oh, we went to Cancun, we went to Germany. You don't tell them that he slept on the couch and you might have said ten words to each other. So what are you enabling? What are you allowing in your life that does not belong there? And I'm not talking about people right now because it's up to you who you keep in your life. But it's time to really go deep and stop dealing with just just the, the tip, you know, the outside of the problem or the issues. So back over to you, Rodney, if, if – um, do you have access? Can you see the chat room, or do you want me to read those? Um, I guess I, I can read those, and I think this okay. may have been from our caller who was just on. Okay. Okay. Um, it's uh, it says uh, you're right. If we can train crocodiles, elephants, gorillas, etc., we can train our kids. I always blame the parents for whatever their kids do, unless the kid is a demon seed. I'm not sure what that means. I don't enable anyone. It's counterproductive. And then the last thing, oh, that was about taking calls. Um, but but again, Tamari's laughing. But again, um, you know, thanks to our caller for bringing in and, and, and adding that that um, those points to the show um, because I think it's I think it's really important. And we talk about, you know, the impact that we are having on our kids a lot on this show because the topics that we discuss, you know, they they may sound, um, you know, like they're adult-driven, um, and they are. But one of the things that we have to always remember is that, you know, what we do is going to show up in some child. Kids hear everything. They see everything. And they may not know everything, but they know more than we think they know. And so the things that we share with you guys on this show, um, you know, it's not just for you. Um, but it is also for the people you come in contact with. It's for the the, the young people in your life, and it's, it's for us too. I mean, you know, there's not a, a Tuesday night that, you know, I get off the air and I haven't learned something new. Um, but I think, you know, that's because of the, the mindset that I that I come on the show with, and that is to learn something. Um, you know, I, I, I want to always personally try to be better today than I was yesterday. You know, that's not something that I take lightly. I mean, I said something today, you know, while I was at, at, at work and I was like, Ooh, we should not have said that. And it wasn't even bad. I just said, you know, I just should not have said that. Um, so there's always room, always room for growth. 
And, you know, until we start focusing on um, ourselves, until we, and I don't mean in a selfish way, um, you know, or in a bad way, but, you know, you have to get right before you get anyone else right. And, you know, we 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 are not going to be people who, you know, never feel bad about something that we've said or done. However, we should take that and try to be and try to be better about it. Because we are becoming a lost people. Because we're wounded, we're hurt, and we just cannot let go of our baggage and it is it, it is it is really killing us it's killing us and we need to let it go if you don't take a suitcase when you go to when you go to an airport no one gets to the airport and doesn't check their big old suitcase. Now, if it's a carry-on, different story. But if you've got a big old suitcase and you get to the airport, the first thing you do is you check your bag. You check it. Because you are not trying to carry around that suitcase. You're not trying to go through security with it. You're not trying to uh, pull it around while you're trying to use the bathroom and get something to eat. You do not want that weight on you or with you. You want to be free for as long as possible. Why can't we treat our lives that way? Why are we walking around with all this baggage? Why are we walking around with all these things weighing us down or slowing us down or holding us up? Don't you want to be free? Don't you want to be able to move around? Don't you want to spend some time with with, with nothing in your hands, without anything on your back or on your shoulders? It's time for us to start living that, no matter how old you are. It's time to start living that. We got about 10 minutes uh, left on the show. Tammy, I'm going to turn it back over to you before I go ahead and close it up. Um, I want to just say this um, as, as uh, a feedback off of what you just said. You know, every day and sometimes a couple of times throughout the day, we should ask ourselves, First of all, we should make a conscious decision that we're either going to be one or the other and be okay with it. But there's a saying that when the when the student is ready, the teacher will appear and vice versa. Um, that being said, in every situation, we can see ourselves as the teacher or the student. Um, as Rodney said, every every subject, every discussion that we have here on the Butterfly Evolution Show moves me. It 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 strikes or wakes something up in me. Some 
sometimes things that I, I had no idea were there. And the one thing I like to always tell the people who entrust me with life coaching, because um, I'm, I'm, I'm even amazed sometimes that someone wants to sit down and, and, and share some things with me, um, and they come back after the first time. They come back and they come back. But what I tell them is you have no idea how much I get from you. And never think because I'm on this side of the of the desk that there's a day that you could that you could come in here and sit on this side. I could get so much from you because I'm willing, and I realize I must always be willing to be a student and get something from someone. I don't care where a person is, where they come from, their race their dollar, the dollar amount, you know, on their checks or whatever, we can learn. But like our caller said, such division, we, we've learned to try to define people based on the color of their skin. And we do this with friends, with family, with our children, not necessarily the color of their skin, but we put these false expectations on them, like even with children. Not every mother and father is going to get, um, I'm going to use our President Obama, and not everyone's going to get Trump. So let me just say, let me be fair in it. I mean, because sometimes we, we, we think we put too much on kids and don't let them be. We make them think that everything about them is wrong. We, we're too harsh on the stop, bad, no, don't do this, don't do that. And we, they hear that. They grow up learning that. And sometimes you just have to let them touch that hot stove. I said let their hands stay on it. But after a few times of no, they get it. It ain't going to kill them. It's not going to kill them. That was a hard thing for me. You know, but... We have to learn to let people be, but more importantly, you have to learn to let yourself be and be open to teaching, but also be open to being a student and not putting people in categories and allowing our differences that are mostly based on not the color of our skin, just our culture, just the way that we were raised and our perception of the world and people based on that. And finding a common ground, which I call understanding, that allows us to connect in spite of all of that. And what amazes me is that we call ourselves a people of God. I imagine God, for those of us, if I'm black and I feel some kind of way I define my, I love defining white people and separating us, if I get there and God is white, white, and and he can do it. And if you're a white person and you have put black people or Chinese people or Mexicans in a category, when you get there, Lord, I hope he is whatever you hate. When you just get there for, for, for the roll call. I'm not saying heaven. I don't know. But I'm just saying that whatever you have found your way to hate on this side, that when you get to the other side, that that's what you see. 
what if that happened? Because we don't know. So I say, enabler, not an enabler, whatever you are, always be open to learning and always be open to teaching. Rodney, I am. I think I'm done for tonight. I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> Tammy, same here, same here. Uh, this has been uh, a great show. Uh, for those of you guys who may have tuned in late, uh, we do want to invite you to go back and listen to the archive show, um, and listen to the show in its entirety. <clears throat> um, it's been a wonderful show from beginning to end, and uh, and so we don't want you to miss um, any parts of it. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in uh, and being here with us uh, tonight. <clears throat> Tammy, we we uh we're about to uh embark on football season, so <laughs> we we're no longer on Monday night, so people can't use Monday night football for an excuse anymore. Oh yeah, that's right. That's a good thing. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> but uh but thank you guys for <laughs> always supporting us. And we will definitely definitely see you next Tuesday, same time, same station. Good night, everybody.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.